0: the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed folding chair, Heather Ann Campbell.
1: I'm self-proclaimed alternate canon, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed magi supercomputer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Animated, the premier anime podcast. This week, we've got a big treat for you. It's what you have wanted. You
1: demanded it.
0: You asked us questions. People begged. And so we are giving it to you. We're giving you what you want, which is to, uh, for us to answer. That's right. Things that you asked us. That's what you wanted.
1: This is an Evangelion question block. We're just going to take questions and comments. I imagine we'll get some comments in there. Yeah, no, people are sneaky. They'll sneak a comment in there. Well, here's the thing. Guys, Is a question. I didn't want to tip my hat too much. Uh-huh.
2: I feel like the difference the the split difference here it's
1: it's more it's more comments than questions. Okay, fair enough. Well, comments. we'll we'll get to those. The comment uh, block. Oh god. It still works. It's fine basically how this is going we're going to take all of your questions and comments regarding the series regarding the rebuilds and anything else Evangelion you want to chime, chime in on we're going to talk about that in just a few moments we're going to dedicate the bulk of this episode to that topic cuz you know we we felt it was uh, it was worthwhile but before we do that you know we've been consuming some non evangelion content I guess that's probably a bad a bad prelude because I'm gonna talk about Evangelion. Uh but let's uh let's let's put it to the table. What we've been weebin'. Been.
3: What we been we been. Yo, motherfuckers, it's me! Ash Ketchum. Whoa, okay, we don't
1: need the potty mouth. Ash eat shit. Ash? How, how dare you? you how should, dare you? Your mouth right now is Trubbish.
3: That's right.
2: I don't need that from you. Tr-
3: trubbish gets a bad rap, but I'm mm. not gonna give him shit. I'm gonna give you guys shit. What have you been weaving?
1: Why are you in such a foul mood?
3: I've Why are been you just drinking a potty mouth? all night. Oh, Ash, Ash,
1: what are you doing?
3: What do you you're, mean? You're behaving like one of those South
1: Park children.
3: I, I canonically started my journey when I was a child, but if you if if time progresses, I'm a motherfucking adult.
1: Yeah, but you're also a, an yeah, animated kind of character, and you understand how age works in your reality, right? You're kind of frozen in time, kind well, of all ages at once.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Because it seems to me like the characters in Evangelion become 29-year-olds even when they look the same.
1: Well, look, that's a oh, different universe. Yeah, excuse me.
3: All, you think we don't all hang out in, like, Toontown? Me? Misato? Roger Rabbit?
1: Roger Rabbit's just there, too? Well, yeah, it's Toontown. Of course Roger Rabbit's going to be there. Toontown. He's the freaking mayor, isn't he?
3: There's like like a full anime village.
1: Mm -hmm. It
3: it looks like the one from Naruto.
1: You know what I'd like to see? What? I'd like to see uh, Betty Boop meet Power from Chainsaw Man. (laughs) That would be a fun interaction. Just two completely different generations of animation, just sort of hanging out and breaking bread.
3: Well, yeah. you should come down to the Ink and Paint Club. You can see that interaction happen once a week.
1: Oh my god, I'm fucking there.
3: Yeah, that's right. Dueling Two Johns pianos, real. What
1: Daffy Duck? I said dueling pianos with a Daffy Duck.
3: I caught Daffy Duck.
1: Mm-hmm. You caught him? You, did you, did you, you think you he was Goldust? Yeah, mean? I
3: caught him. I threw I threw a fucking pokeball at that guy, and I I got him.
1: Is he kind of like a Psyduck? I would imagine. You know, he's got a similar body type and skill set.
3: I don't know. I've never released him.
1: Oh my god, Daffy Duck is just <laughs> trapped in there, throwing yeah. a tantrum.
3: Well, I I I can't. Uh, you, sometimes you have to break them in.
1: That's grim. A hash.
3: Well, I mean that's like canonical. That's canonical.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just, like, I don't like thinking about the, those, those details about Poke, the Pokemon universe. It starts, You know, when you really think about, like, what breeding means or whatever, it starts to feel pretty dark.
3: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and breed Daffy Duck.
1: Oh, my God.
3: Anyway, guys, you should come down to Toontown and hang out with me and the rest of the anime characters and all animation stars from the last 120 years.
1: I'd love to. I'd, I'd, you know, look, there's just all sorts of pairings. I want to see. There's all sorts of questions. I want to ask to a bunch of different characters. Love to meet Ned Flanders. Big fan. I hear he's different off camera.
3: Yeah. Real predator vibes.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> like, like to catch a,
2: or, um, sure. Well, you however, please, you kill
3: wanna, it. however you want to interpret it
2: works for both. Okay. Doesn't Flanders Wait, hold on a second. Flanders is a huge hog, right?
1: Well, that's established in later Simpsons, but yes, there is a scene where Homer is taking a is filming him in the shower and then he has a like down to mid thigh, his flaccid hog is pixelated. <laughs> so he's he's packing some Holy packing shit. a Pringles can <laughs> down there. Yeah.
3: That's <laughs> fucked.
1: It's bad. I don't like this is the thing. we don't want to talk we don't need to talk about Simpsons here. But so they had an early joke in The Simpsons, like season four, where he takes his shirt Ned Flanders takes his shirt off and he's just got like a like a six pack. He's just, just like chiseled. super buff. He's just yeah. like told and like that like I was like, okay, that's funny. That's a funny beat of that. That is just like this guy who looks very square is actually like a complete hunk um for below the neck. And then in Go a little further. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. And then they heighten it. They're like, what if he also has a huge hog? And it's just like, I don't, that's just like tonally off. It doesn't really track with what with, what the rest what the series has done up to this point. It's just a little too crass. Yeah. But we're not here to lit- relitigate The Simpsons. We're here to talk e- about Evangelion, another anime.
3: Yeah, and what you've been weeping.
1: And I can answer that, Ash, uh, because I've been revisiting or continuing my journey with the Evangelion manga. And I mean, I'm just like, I don't know. I I think it, it's it's interesting to read. I I will say that it's just like kind of feels like re-experiencing it. There's a feeling that it's like kind of like. It kind of feels to me, if this makes any sense, like the event, the events of Evangelion happened, and this is like the the comic book adaptation about like just telling you that story. If that like like just just in terms of how I perceived. The series relation to the manga, but I I actually had a question for Heather if, if Heather's back around, which is that we we were talking in our text thread about this is unrelated to Evangelion, but but Chainsaw Man the anime I guess was not well received in Japan, and so, they yes go on
0: yeah so there's as far as I can tell, and I'm not this isn't first hand source this is like Reddit sourcing and like anime websites um, the. Otaku um, fan base in Japan was very upset about Chainsaw Man and w- and were demanding a um, a reboot with a new director to be more authentic to the manga, uh, mm. which is shocking to me because I thought there were many instances where the manga was just lifted onto the screen. Yes. Um, but this boycott has been like a block. And uh, the first week of its release on Blu-ray, I think it sold 1,700 copies. And uh, everybody was tweeting at the director 1,700, or whatever the actual number was. In its second week of release, it only sold 320-something copies. So this boycott is its real. Like, it's a real blockade. Um, I'm sure there are people who have purchased it digitally. It's a very different... Um uh I don't know, like physical media is still part of how the enthusiastic fan base uh interacts with a series in japan right. uh so these numbers are terrifying i mean that's bad that is those are shitty numbers, yeah. I yeah. was surprised
1: to hear. It. I overall like the anime. I definitely found some there there are definitely some some key differences from the manga. As I mentioned, I think we talked about a, a few times at length is like there are just some jokes that are really that really hit in the manga that don't really hit in the same way in the anime. Uh they they're just they're just not quite paced as effectively. And they kind of like don't quite capture the tone or the language of what makes it so funny. Part of the language obviously is dealing with the, you know, that's more of a a localization issue for us. But I was I'm surprised that it's that it's such a backlash because to me it was kind of like, I like the manga maybe better. But I think this is a worthy adaptation that certainly has good production value behind it. But I don't know. That's that's fascinating. It is. Yeah. And
0: if I was a journalist, I would have looked into it a little bit more, but I I just read some, some comments and saw some sales figures and then I was like, Well, that seems to track. I've done my homework.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of hey. the best part of us doing this is that we don't have to we yeah. don't have to do that. It's yes, on exactly. you,
0: the listener, to, <laughs> yeah. to investigate further. You want some real Citizen information? Journalism. You read something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look, Chainsaw Man, an anime adaptation of a beloved manga. Evangelion, the manga, a beloved manga adaptation of a beloved anime. I do think it's it's pretty effective and compelling to read. It's maybe unnecessary, but fuck it. What well, I don't care. What, what am I? gonna I'll, I'll fucking read this shit. Uh, anyway, that's me. Uh, I'm, I'm working my way through that. Matt, how about you?
2: Okay, so I'm also reading an Evangelion-related thing, and it is called, uh, I have it right here, Neon Genesis Evangelion and Philosophy, That Sinking Feeling. Wow. It's, it's a, what I thought, wow, I didn't think it was going to be exactly like this. Um, it is basically a textbook, so it is very dry and mm-hmm. very, um, not hard to read, but it's just a lot of information. Uh, so, like, for example um they'll be talking about some of the themes in the show like the first the first chapter which is like the only chapter that i read cuz i was like this is fucking dense um <laughs> uh it's called the desperate search for meaning in life and it talks about how uh like how suicide is such a central theme in the show mm-hmm. um for a lot of the characters and it talks about philosophers and their take on suicide Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay i didn't i don't know who even they're talking about though like there's not enough there's not enough this is like if you're in a philosophy class and you're learning about the philosophers that they're talking about right this is like supplemental to that probably like oh like this is explaining it through evangelion or whatever um but there's some stuff in here that i'm like i don't even know who this is I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then they'll give an example. And I'm like, okay, that's like not enough for me. So it's it's pretty dense, but I might stick with it. Um, it's not very long. Uh, it's like 200 pages, so it is just kind of like, it is very much just like a a textbook. Like if you were writing a, if you wanted to write a paper specifically about this, this is the book you would source. Wow. Um, but it's you yeah, know it's kind of cool because it is just like I am thinking about a lot of these things already um and just cuz we were talking about this today in the uh I'm going to put it down so I uh, can stop looking at it I <laughs> you know, I'm like yeah I'm just really interested in this and just like won't ever stop looking at it uh, <laughs> like uh because we were having this discussion today I was like oh maybe I'll try to read a lot of this tonight and then I read one chapter and I was like I'm going to sleep <laughs>
1: I I love those sort of pop science or or you know pop, uh, psych books that are like yeah. related to pop culture. I had a fucking book as a kid, uh, the physics of Star Trek, and I just Ooh. remember just being like, "Oh, cool! This is my favorite book." Yeah, <laughs> I, I,
0: I had that same book, I think. Yeah, and it, yeah. I loved how it talked about the um, there was like a shield on the front of the ship that would deflect the warps in time space. So that mm-hmm. the people on board wouldn't immediately be like ground beef. Right. Every time the <laughs> ship went anywhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, do, I have another one on my shelf back there somewhere that, uh, weirdly enough, is The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I don't think I've ever dug into that either. But now that I know what it, it's like, I feel like if I'm going to be reading it, I'm going to be feeling
1: like Homer and saying, dough. <laughs> Well, just put on, put on glasses like Homer does, and then you'll be smart. Do <laughs> like, smart... <laughs> Homer's so uh, funny. Uh, I love Homer. Uh, Heather, <laughs> how about you?
0: All right. Gundam the Origin. Mobile Suit Gundam. Advent of the Red Comic. Comet. Comet. Not uh, comic. Comet. Comet. The 08th MS Team. MS Igloo. War in the Pocket. Thunderbolt, Stardust Memory, Zeta Gundam, Gundam Gund- ZZ, Char's Counterattack, and now Gundam Unicorn. I am three episodes away from finishing Gundam Unicorn. Wow. I am on a journey. Why are you laughing, Apodaca? Nothing. That's that- how much Gundam I've watched since we started this I love podcast. It. Yeah,
1: it was a lot of, it's just a lot of subtitles. Just it's just good.
0: Of- I just love that you rattled those off. That's great.
1: A lot of things. You I about have
0: as. after after I finish Unicorn. I have Twilight Access, Gundam Narrative, Gundam Hathaway, and Gundam F ninety one left. Mm. Theoretically, Victory Gundam until I have watched all of the stories of Gundam. I like Gundam Hathaway. They gave Gundam Hathaway a
1: lot of like beef for you know hosting the Gundam Oscars, you but other that. than that. Always consistently a committed performance.
0: After I'm done watching the Universal Century Timeline, I'm gonna watch Iron Blooded <laughs> Orphans. And I'm really excited because a lot of people say that's one of the very best Gundam shows, even though it's not in the Universal Century Timeline. Um I love Gundam. Wearing a Gundam sweatshirt right now? Yeah, you are. Got a got a Gundam jacket. Um, I got, I've got a Gundam monitor, love Gundam. You guys haven't seen any of it. I haven't, I,
2: I've, Not I've fucking looked drop. at it, I've looked at it and I'm just nervous. There's so much, like There's I almost so put much. on the mobile suit Gundam movie last night, the first one. You did? I almost put it on. Almost. Oh, well. And I was just like,
0: well, if you want to know the history of Evangelion, you need you need, you need to know the history of Gundam. Yeah, I'm gonna. Young young boy gets into a military mech and, and has to save the world and, and has like a nervous breakdown. Is the trope established by Gundam, I think. I'm not a journalist. Maybe it was pre-established. Yeah, you but read it sure something. It does seem like this show that came out in 1979 ha- has, has sort of set the stage for... All the questions and comments that we're going to hear about today. Wow. I also, wow. As we as Weeb stuff, I got two peeker stickers for my car. What Peaker is
1: peeker th- stickers?
0: Why wow, you guys can't be Weebs and not know what a peeker is.
1: I mean, oh. I may know what it is, but I'm I don't are seeing. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, you not what you think, Weiger. Not, not. It's a I, sticker. I
1: have to wear a peeker sticker on my car. Uh, no. So, so people that, know. Yeah, people know <laughs> who's in have the neighborhood. To. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I got order. a uh, I got a power peaker sticker for one of my windows. And on the other side, I'm gonna have a Naruto peeker sticker.
1: Oh, I've seen these. These are cute. Where
0: where is your Gundam peeker? Where is your Evangelion peeker, you might ask. But I feel like Naruto is the is the is the hero I wanna be. Mm-hmm. like good and believes in people and like saves the day and like does the right thing as, as often as he can. But power is closer to who I am. So it's the yeah. duality yeah. of man on my car.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You got to capture both the, both the angel and the devil over your shoulder. Yeah. The yin yep. and the yang.
0: The, the yin and the yang.
1: The, uh, <clears throat> I was gonna say an Evangelian thing, but doesn't really track. I was okay. gonna say the Shinji and the Asuka, but that's not really there. Yeah, doesn't really the work. Spear There's of Longinus and the Spear <laughs> of
2: Nebuchadnezzar. There you go. Uh,
1: all right, let's uh, let's get into some questions, Matt. Uh, just fire them off, and we'll we'll get into them.
2: Okay. And again, I do want to. I do just want to say, first of all, thanks everybody for sending stuff in. Right. Uh, we got some emails, we got some voicemails, and we have comments from our Patreon, and that's what I'm going to be going through. I'm just gonna—I there was a lot of really great stuff. We're not gonna be able to get to all of it, um, but there's just a lot here that I'm just gonna start just ripping into it. Wow. I thought we'd start off with this first one right here. This was from, uh, from Matthew. Uh, I don't know if they want me to say their last name on here. They didn't say. Uh, no questions. Just wanted to say. How much I love the pod and I love Eva. Get animate slash get played on my favorite podcast, Parasocial Relationship, and I've really enjoyed your views on the Rebirth films. I was introduced to Evangelion when I picked up the VHS episodes 19 and 20 from Suncoast Video and then given fan-sub copies of the full series by organizers of my local library's anime club. Like Heather, Eva is one of those foundational properties for me. When I was 13, I convinced my mom to help me make a Unit 1 cosplay even though she thought it was a transformer. I've attached a photo so that you can appreciate how amazing my mom is. So I wanted to read this one because I was like, I have to show you this costume. Yeah, let's get a load of this. It photo. is it is fantastic. Who sent that email in again? This is Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, and Oh my god, this is your mom is rad. rocks.
1: This is so cool.
2: It's it's so great.
1: This is this is uh this is like a really cool uh, like unit oh one cosplay. But also it kind of looks like uh if uh if Big the Cat got lap band surgery. <laughs> just... <laughs> this is amazing though. Yeah. I never made anything this cool. No, hell no. The
0: eyes are haunting.
1: Yes. That's the that's the big thing. <laughs> the eyes are what make it look big the cat like. Yeah. Right? They're just for people who are who can't who aren't looking at the photo, it's just like Which is everybody. Just, which is everybody, I don't know if we will post this on social or whatever, but yeah. there there's a yeah there are uh you know the 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 visor slit um it's it's black, but then there are just two little eye holes and you can just see human hi- human <laughs> eyes peering out, which would be a thing that you'd see in an evangelion like there would there would be a, a moment like that, yes,
2: yeah what what is evangelion without like a uh, a little smackerel of uh body horror, yes right uh- <laughs> um, uh but thank you matthew uh that's great thanks for sharing that great costume uh your mom rocks um here we yeah, go
0: it's really it's really cool i my mom made cosplay costumes for me when i was young
1: i definitely got help from uh from the parents w- with cub scout costume contest and i won two years in a fucking row oh
2: god what did you win I won, what, what,
1: um i was freddy krueger once oh which, thinking back on it, like a, like a ten year old kid dressed yeah. up as Freddy Krueger. That's not like, I, I don't know. It's 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 those no one that age should be watching those movies. Give me
2: my merit badge, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and then the, and then I was like a, like I was a, an original creation, rare in the costume sphere. But I just I was like I want to be like a weird bug man. So it was like a weird, like oh, I had a no. like, word like a, I wore like a burlap sack and it had like bug like features and was like chewing on bugs. And I just looked kind of like a, a weird Guillermo del Toro creation. Oh, you
2: were the yeah. inspiration for the gentleman in, uh,
4: <laughs> from, 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 from
2: Contra... the bad Contra game. Yeah. yeah. I was very
1: gentleman like, yes.
2: <laughs> uh, I was always a costume in the bag kind of guy, uh, when I was a kid. And one of my favorite ones was, uh, I was Dr. Evil one year, because I was really into Austin Powers, Um, and they didn't have any more Austin Powers costumes, so I was like, I'll be Dr. Evil, but the bald cap was so white, and I'm just like a little brown kid, Mm -hmm. so it just looked really funny. (laughs) It didn't quite quite match up, (laughs) and I had braces. It was a whole thing, and I was just going like, one billion dollars, you know, Uh, that's me.
1: Bald caps never work. No, like 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 skin tone aside, just like tucking anyone's hair under a bald cap, it just like it always looks like complete shit. Yeah,
2: even when they do it like in movies and stuff, you yeah.
1: can tell they're like, well, you're just you're
2: the whole your whole head's under that. Like when and they did me... it to Cranston in the El Camino movie, it was like his head was right. huge.
1: And and I think that's also a thing just to say to like kids. Is just like appreciate your hair while you're got it while well, you got it because it's gonna it's gonna start going away. It's gonna yeah. start falling away at a certain rate. You want to pretend to be point. bald? Exactly. Yeah, you'll get there. Wait, wait until you're a bald man, <laughs> and then you can do those bald costumes all you want. Yeah. Then yeah. you can be Professor X. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be a uh, uh, Doctor Evil <laughs> next year. Um... <laughs> uh, all right, let's get another. Uh, let's get another question or okay. comment.
2: Here we go. This one's from Seth in an email. Seth writes, Hey, get played gang. I first watched Eva in high school in about 2002. I don't know that I ever wow. finished it and surely never watched end of hundred percent. Did not sink in what I was seeing at the time. I used your show and Netflix's cursed convenience as an excuse to revisit it this year. And this time it hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. Hopefully not too tangential or maybe the episode needs a breather at this point. We're only two in Seth. <laughs> Still could use a breather. But are there any games or movies that upon later in life revisit, you notably connected with way more than upon earlier consumption?
1: I have an answer here, and I, I, but I can't think of it. But I think it's something I've talked about on, on Get Played even. I'll, I'll, I'm going to think on this for a second. There are uh, a couple of movies that I've seen as an adult
2: now that I used to watch a lot as a kid mm-hmm. that had now make me cry. Like, that's Mm. just, it's just different. Because, like, you're watching it. Like, I was watching, like, I don't know. Like, this is going to be such a funny example. But, like, Big Daddy. Adam Sandler's Big Daddy. Sure. I watched that as a kid. This kid's fucking funny. Adam Sandler's funny. This is great. Hmm, why is everybody being all so sad? It's a funny movie. Now I watch it. My heart breaks for the whole situation. I love it, and then Sandler's just so good at delivering those like dramatic parts of the movie where he's like in court, you know, talking right. about how he loves this kid and doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. Ah, oh, I love it; it's great.
1: A so, movie, a, a movie that I think of is—I'm still thinking on the games, but a movie that I think of is—is uh, is Fargo. Oh, the first time I watched it, it had been so overhyped. and It was like the year it came out and everyone had been like, 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 oh, this is, I'm talking Fargo, the, the Cone brothers movie, not the TV series. Mm -hmm. And, and every, like, like this, like, uh, I think the, I think there was a pull quote from Gene Siskel at the time of release that was like, you know, and and me being a fucking dorky kid who watched Siskel and Ebert every week was like his favorite TV show. Um, it, it was, uh, two middle-aged men arguing over movies was like the thing that like me, when I was like 12, I was like, I can't wait for the new Siskel at Ebert, Um, which I guess is just, uh, that's what I do now. I fucking podcast. So whatever. What uh, Anyway, Uh, I was going to say is the, 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 that like Gene Siskel had a poll quote that was like, there won't be a better movie this year. Like, and that movie, I think that was an early year release. And I was just like, Oh wow. Okay. This thing's going to be good. And then I saw it and I was just kind of like, huh, nothing really happens in this movie um and then i didn't like i i on a rewatch i was like oh wait no this is a masterpiece i just didn't quite get what they was trying to accomplish and i thought i was going to get like a crime caper movie which it is but it's really like that's not what it's about so yeah mm-hmm. I i th- that's one that comes to mind there is a game and i can't think of which what the game is i was i was trying to look through my recently played games to try to get a sense of it but i still haven't come come up with it maybe i will in a, in a minute heather
0: my views on things have always been right and consistent. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to answer this question i' really yeah. honestly i'm I'm racking my brain um and I have nothing. I have nothing. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything like. Uh, but that's also, um, I think that's illustrative of, of how if I don't like something, I don't give it a second shot. So it's not, sure, you know, it's not I, like I don't have a ton of time and I'm not going to like sit down and rewatch a movie or, 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 or listen to a, a song that I don't like when I'm like, oh fuck, I have like a half hour window here. Awesome. Why don't I watch Trigun? Like, I'm not going to fucking do that, which by the way. Dear listener, I didn't like Trigun when it came out, and I don't Mm. know if it holds up. And Mm. there have been requests for us to cover it here on the show, and I haven't pushed for that because I didn't like it at the time.
1: Maybe you should try Gun again.
0: Try Gun again. God, you're on fire today.
1: (laughs) Uh, Can I say that I, I don't think this is the game, but this is a game I thought of, which is FTL this is the roguelike uh from subspace games where you captain a ship it's basically like you're you're commanding a a a, a ship of crew members through space and you're trying to you know Traverse the map and and upgrade your ship. Fuck it, I want I want to play a run now. Um, but anyway, the like I first played this <laughs> then back when I was on social media because it, it was the same developers into the breach and I played into the breach and was like my favorite game of 2018, just absolute fucking master base And I was like, ah, I should play their other game, FTL. And I played it like a, a little bit and I got on on social media and was like, Hey, I, I, uh, is FTL as good as some, as into the breach? What am I missing here? And people were like saying, like, "No, it's really fucking good." No, I put a lot of hours in it. You know, I had friends that I know reached out to me personally, like, "Ah, give it a, give it another shot." And I played it some more. Uh, Two hundred thirty one hours in this thing in, in my Steam account. Wow. So I've, I've certainly I certainly took to FTL, and um, yeah, I think that was just a one. I just need to get enough runs in for it to be like to really click with me. But I, I don't feel like we've done a great job of answering this question because, it, it, like, it's not like that's a that's a pretty specific thing. Watch something in 2002, revisit it 20 years later, and then it's revelatory. That's like that's I don't have an experience quite like that, unfortunately.
2: I feel like all of my answers are like similar to like my Big Daddy answer, where like mm-hmm. it, they're all about crying. Like, cause, like sure, movies probably didn't start making me cry until I was like in my 20s, probably. Or something. Like when I started to like, I don't know, process like true emotions, you know? Uh, and like have feelings of my own rather than just being like, I'm just a kid. Uh but now I watch I've been watching a lot of Survivor. Uh-huh. And I just I cry every single episode. <laughs> I just watch it and, and weep. <laughs> Because they, they tell their stories on this show, and I'm like, God, everyone's life's so fucking hard. It's yeah. so crazy. But it's a great show. Um, Sorry we didn't answer your question good, um, Seth. Good question, though. Second question in. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Seth. Uh,
2: let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, this one's from Ross. Hi, Heather, Nick, and Matt. You three are my favorite podcasters, and I have greatly appreciated your discussion on Young Genesis, Evangelion, and End of Evangelion, and the rebuilds. I'm a Heather level fan Thanks, of Evangelion, Ross. and I was hey! sim- <laughs> and I was similarly disappointed by the bizarre randomness of the rebuild films. There are so many things I'd love to hear your take on. What the fuck is the wonder? What was the key of Nebuchadnezzar? What happened to Lilith? What's with all the giant skulls in Terminal Dogma? How did the Wonder's spinal cord turn into a spear? What was the headless- What was with all the headless ray bodies flying around in circles in the air, etc.? But to keep it simple, I'm just really curious: what colors your EVAs would be, and what or what colors would your EVAs and or plug suits be? It's kind of a fun question. What's your favorite color? What color would my
0: Eva and plug suit be?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I've, first off, I I feel like I've got to bring up all the the existing EVAs here just so I don't take something that exists. Because I mean, my my first instinct is purple, but obviously. That's taken. You, you, you know? idiot! I can't, I can't do purple, but I love purple. Purple is one of my favorite colors. There's, it's there's the, the purple color accents. Of the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. In
0: non-purple Evas, like there's black Evas with purple accents. There's purple evil with green accents. I think you could you you don't have to say no to purple. Well, as, I just, as yeah, the Evangelion on. authority in the in the on the show, oh. I'm gonna say if you want a purple Eva, you get a purple Eva, Nick. I,
1: I just I feel like it's gonna look like an inferior clone of Unit 01. and I just like I kind of I I I, I appreciate that, but I, I I think that just color is just so strongly associated with, you know, the most known Eva from the show from the series. Um so I think I would go a different direction. Asuka's red, obviously. That's a big mm-hmm. thing. Yep. Is there like a just a gleaming white one, like a pure white?
0: Well that, that that's what I was gonna say is I'm I'm just gonna pilot one of the mass production Evas with those like long faces. Oh right. Yes, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I don't have a lot of like I don't know if I have a favorite color. A lot of my t shirts are black, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't really think about uh colors too much. Um but maybe you know that like specific blue, Dodger blue is. Oh yeah, I want a Dodger blue Evangelion.
1: It's kind of it's not like a royal blue. It's more of a, you know, it's there's a, there's a term for it, or not not a navy blue. It's more of a royal blue. I think
0: it's, like, it's a beautiful blue. Yeah, very, it's, very, it's really, really really nice. Very good looking blue. That's a good. That's that's a little bit like Ray, but but also really good color. There are very I, few color There's even a gray, Eva. There's so few colors that haven't been Like is there an orange, Eva?
1: There is an orange one like Unit 000 and and some yep. of them is orange. Yep. Uh let's see. Pink Yeah, pink is like uh, uh, Mari, Mar- Mari has a Mari has a pink one, right? one. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know it'd be cool is to have a white Eva with the Gundam chest colors. Like that blue shoulders oh. with the red stomach and the big yellow uh funnels on the front that'd be that'd be pretty- i bet that exists as art let's Um, got it. what a,
1: one of my favorite n b a colorways is uh the Charlotte Hornets, and they have kind of this like you know this teal uh with purple highlights um let's see if I can find the starter jacket because I think that's the best thing the best representation. But I think like a, like here, here's what I'd want to look like. I'll screen I'll share this with you, with you, uh, with the two of you here. Uh, I want to look like the, the Charlotte Hornets. vintage oh, starter hey. jacket. That's great. That's like primarily teal with a little bit of, of, uh, of purple. And then ideally a little Hornet dribbling a basketball somewhere <laughs> on there.
0: Or that's pretty great.
1: The, yeah. the Hornet is the, is the angel you got to take down. Ah, fuck. That would be ironic.
0: <laughs> hey, this we're the is, same color. This is what I want mine to look oh, like. Oh, yes. Wow, that looks cool. It's, I'm showing them a uh, custom Eva Gundam crossover uh, that has uh, Gundam colorway on an Evangelion, and it is horrifying.
1: That's fucking badass.
0: It's on GundamKitsCollection.com. You can Google it, listener. Is kind nasty.
1: Kind of looks like he has buck teeth too.
0: Yeah, you look like a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Little bunny, uh, bunny evangelion. Uh, thanks for your question,
0: Ross. Thanks, Ross. Uh, thanks for the kind words. Thank you, Ross. And I agree with all your questions. What does any of that stuff mean? <laughs>
2: um, here's another one here. This is uh, from our Patreon. This is Jeremy on our patreon um mailbag question this last thanksgiving i was surprised when my 17 year old nephew arrived wearing a neon genesis evangelion cap cap and he seemed equally surprised that i as a 46 year old was actually aware of the series and a fan for what it's worth he's a huge fan of the reboots as well after some conversation i discovered that he's also up to date on both the chainsaw man anime and manga it honestly left me a little unnerved that the person that I shared the most interest with at this large family gathering was someone that only recently got a permit to learn how to drive. My question is, when you're in the company of other grown-ups, do you sometimes feel like a dorky kid in the body of an adult?
1: You know, I, I think that's le- there's less of a stigma of that these days because of just sort of the, and I, I I don't mean this as a pejorative, I mean this is a descriptive thing, kind of the infantilization of, of pop culture. Like mm-hmm. it's like, it became like... There for the longest time it was a, a you know, like you just like they didn't want it, the industry didn't want to acknowledge that like half of toy sales were to childless adults. And then they reached a certain point, like I think in the twenty-first century, they just kinda of leaned into that. It's like, okay, these are collectibles now. And we acknowledge that like they, these aren't necessarily parents buying these for their them ki- their kids. These are adults buying them for themselves. Uh and uh and I think this, you know, the same thing has happened. Like like again, you know it, it's it's impossible to, if, if you're young enough, it's impossible to put yourself in a headspace where liking Star Wars or Marvel was like dorky and the kind of thing that would get you made fun of. But like that was the reality for like, the 80s and 90s and for people older than that I'm sure they experienced similar things you know it, it it was not a cool thing to be into stan lee comics in the 60s and 70s that was not a, that was not what the jocks were doing that was not what the greasers were doing hanging out by the jukebox yeah uh it was but nowadays it's like everyone like these are the this is the biggest shit so th- that's kind of a that's kind of a rambling response to Uh, 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 your overall question like I, I, I guess I don't really feel that anymore just because it's so permitted but what you just talked about I've definitely was on the other side of that as a kid regarding music and that was the kind of thing like my brother and I were getting really into and you know I was just my brother was older than me and cool and I was just copying his musical taste but you know we're getting into like 70s like like rock like Pink Floyd and like King Crimson you know and my and like had an uncle who was a kid at the time that was coming out and i remember my brother bringing that up and him just be like oh yeah And just like him talking about all the stuff very fluidly and me being like whoa you know that and like not and like so what i'm i'm i'm, I'm saying is that probably you know your i forget if it was a niece or nephew i apologize nephew uh if your nephew probably had a similar feeling internally at least of just like whoa you know about that you know and and I think that's just like a that's just the nature of you discover older things and then don't think as a kid to connect that to oh yeah the person who grew up with this probably experienced it even more viscerally
0: I I used to think that when it when I was around people who weren't nerds that I was uncomfortable because I didn't have I didn't have any shared references and then when I was around people who were nerds, I was uncomfortable because I had more in my head than just shared references. Mm. And so I felt awkward in both groups and I was like, I'm worse than the popular crowd and better than the nerds. Like I would, I would like narcissistically rank myself among my peers. And then I was like, no, wait, I feel awkward in both spaces because I'm awkward. Like I'm uncomfortable. And it has, it, I, like, what an awful thing that I would, that I would be like, well, I, I, I have other stuff to talk about. Like, no, right. my, my family is nerds and my family is non-nerds and I'm, I'm a piece of shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a garbage person hunched over on a folding chair, reexamining my life as, as a really shitty, judgmental piece of shit person. Mm. Uh and once I did my work and then came out the other side I was like I'm just going to be proud of the things that I love and that's it. And that's been that's been a really nice uh chapter of adulthood.
2: I love that. That is great. Yeah. Uh I was going to say I feel like I don't know th- maybe this doesn't happen to you guys anymore or if if it ever did um but I'm—I I'm, mean, I'm 32. I'm an adult, right? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like in certain groups of family members, I'll feel like a kid because of the way that—sure, you know, time passes for all of us in similar and different ways. Where like we're all getting older, but my grandpa will be like, "You're a little kid." Like, he'll talk to me like I'm like a little kid. And I'm like, no, yeah. dude, like, I'll fucking go outside right now and race you down the street and then we'll see who's the. <laughs> <laughs> you, old, you old fuck. Uh, he's the best. Um, but like, I just feel like a lot of times, yeah, like, depending on what group you're in, if, I, if like my younger brother's around, I'm like, oh, I'm an adult. He really likes anime. I'm going to talk to him about this. And I'm new, he knows more than me. Uh, so, like, we can have shared ground there. But then, like, right. if, in a, if, like, my mom or my stepdad comes over, they're going to be like, oh, look, the kids are talking about anime. And I'm like, no. Right. I voted in four elections or something. I don't know how many. <laughs> More than that, probably, at this point. Uh, but it is just, like, it's wild. It's wild to think about how. It's all yeah. relative. And isn't that something? Hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, I I think yeah. the the uh, I I guess just just just, just a, sh- a a shorter answer to the question. I definitely felt that in years past. I de- I felt as a kid I would like hide that I played video games for a time. It wasn't until I was high in high school really that I was comfortable telling people that I played video games. Yeah. It was like a that was like a dorky thing. Uh but, you know, these days obviously whatever. They fucking have made it into an income spo- income source. Life's weird.
2: <laughs> That's right, you fucking jock ass uh <laughs> jocks. Can't <Couldn't> even tell <laughs> They're doing better than me. Uh um, here that uh so thank you, um thank you, Jeremy, uh, for that question. Uh let's go let's go to a voicemail. You guys want to hear a voicemail? Yes. I got a voicemail. This one's it's comment, but it's got some good it's got some good um, good takes. Let's play that shit. Here we go.
4: Hey, Get Played Pod. My name's Johnson Nelson, and I'm calling to talk about Evangelion. Specifically, I want to say I've seen the series three times in my life. I thought it was amazing that Heather Ann Campbell has seen the series over 20 times in her life. For me personally, each time I watched it, I got something different out of it. More recently, this most recent watch through, my third time, was me watching along with your guys' show. I got a lot from it this time as a fully developed grown adult with all my frontal lobes here, able to recognize that why I'm getting things different out of it is because I can identify with different characters in different ways, and it's been different depending on where I am in life each time. A lot of your guys' Mm. perspectives actually helped influence my perspective, Um, And I have a lot of really cool new relationships with some of these characters that I've loved forever, but now I love them in a different, deeper way because my goofy little friends, Nick, Matt, and Heather, had so much fun. It was like I was there watching it with you guys the whole time. Anyway, rebuilt, they're fine. Series, good. And if you've been yelling, (laughs) mmm, chef, kiss. Thank you for the show. I love subscribing on Patreon. I love listening to Get Animated and uh you want to go smoke some LCL out of a little bowl. Bye-bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I heard this voicemail and I was like,
4: I love Johnson's
2: vibe.
1: Yeah, that's great, Johnson. Uh I think the 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 one, you know, talking about character relating to characters in different ways. So one thing I I don't think i I've, I've talked about this too much, but like I really Have a lot of empathy for Gendo. I mean, clearly he's a fucking monster. He's an absolute fucking maniac. But, (laughs) but just a guy. But just a guy just being so obsessed with his lost love, like being so obsessed with like I like I my wife is gone and I cannot think about any. It's all encompassing that feeling Uh of loss. Like I like I kind of understand that. I don't think Uh he's a. I don't think his actions are at all defensible. Certainly turning all of humanity into goo I can't get behind that uh-huh. but i I do kind of understand what's driving him internally
0: uh-huh okay Nicks okay. all
2: dear gendo if I were your mother
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean like i I think I said on the on the show and I've certainly written about this that every time I watch Eva I'm like I started watching Eva when I was really close in age to the pilots. And now I'm watching Eva as a fucking adult. And so like, Hmm. there was a a point in my life where I, I was like, I really get what it's like to be under so much stress and like adults be telling you what to do. And you and you just are trying to like live and nobody listens to you or understands you like totally got that. Yeah. And then like, was like I know what it's like to be an alcoholic, and to still do my job every day. Uh, and then I was like, hmm. I I'm going through an analytical f-. like the, watching Eva. You see yourself reflected in these different characters, and um, the one that I, the only one that I feel like I don't relate to is Gendo, because what a fucking monster that guy is. <laughs> and I don't know how anybody in their right mind. <laughs>
1: He is a monster, and certainly neglecting, cheating uh, his kid like shit. I just like I don't I don't yeah. understand that, but I understand the obsession that comes with. I just like I just miss the shit out of my wife.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she's when she's in the other room, do you, Nick? Do you do you clone like a little girl version of her and are like, hey, yeah, you'll you'll lead me to my wife.
1: Cover my <laughs> mouth with gloved hands. Wear little glasses. <laughs> You know.
2: Touch something really yeah. hot. <laughs> uh, this is, I've only seen it one time through, right? So like watching it, uh and talking about it and then watching the rebuilds, you know, like I don't know if there's like necessarily like one character that I uh relate to like the most. I find that I relate to many different parts of uh many of the characters. I do think, and, you know, I talk about it all the time on this show. Um, but the closest thing that I like as much as Heather likes Evangelion is Lost. And I've mm-hmm. seen Lost probably like close to ten times all the way through. Um and I remember when I was young and it was on, there were certain characters that I was like, this character's the best. That's the character, like they're like the one that like really gets it and I really like vibe with this character. And then now I watched it again uh for the first time in a couple of years uh like last year and i had like a completely different take on some of the characters just i was just like oh like i've grown up a little bit i watched i watched it with my girlfriend who had never seen it before and uh saw it basically through fresh eyes also and was like oh like yeah you're right this character that i previously thought was good has like a lot of problems or has like you know has uh different intentions than i um Previously could have considered, um, and it's still, yeah. It's 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 great that a good sh- when a when a show that you love can still surprise you, uh you know, many times through. You know,
1: yeah, and and I think just like the each of the characters having like what feels like real interior life mm-hmm. is is a huge part of it. I, I I this is like I got we were talking about in a sense we're dancing around nerd gatekeeping earlier and and feeling you know like like an like an outsider in, in terms of nerd culture the thing i always would get get kind of like a, made fun of by fellow star wars nerds i'm talking about like friends irl is that when i would say my favorite character in star wars was luke skywalker yeah because it's just like, but I kind of feel the same way about Evangelion of like, which character I relate to the most. Honestly, it's like, it's the protagonist. It's Shinji. It's yes. like, that's like, I, I know it's not the cool answer, but that's like what, that's the journey of like, I don't want to do this and I have to. Yeah. That's just being, that's just being a human being in society. He's
0: meant I, to be I the character Asuka you like. All the fucking way. All mm-hmm. the way, Asuka. All the way. Yeah. And then Masato. And then Ritsuko. Those are my three.
1: Oscar's rad. I like Oscar. Uh,
0: like, I, I think that if if suddenly I wasn't good at my job, I would have mm-hmm. a full nervous breakdown. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> what am I if I can't write? Like, I'm <laughs> nothing. I have defined myself as, like, an employee, which is an insane position. But, like, if, if I couldn't work for, like, three years, I'd be in a fucking bathtub in an abandoned house. Mm-hmm. I'd be lost
2: I'm more of a Kensuke um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you Johnson for the voice, right, let's keep going uh, I got a couple of rapid fire comments here this one's from oh, okay. this one's from Ryan on our Patreon one of my favorite things about Eva was a cruel angels thesis which is one of the best openings ever but for some reason wasn't included in any of the rebuilds and for that reason I'm out
1: that's a great point you know we 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 did the on our our episode zero of the show we did poke the first pokemon movie the first animated pokemon movie and they have the pokemon theme in it but Mm -hmm. it's a cover version by different artists i speculated it was so they wouldn't have to pay royalties to the guy who did the theme song who famously was was like paid like complete shit um and uh I don't know if that's the motivation or not, but it is the kind of thing of just like, man, I would love the fucking Pokemon theme to just hit right here, and yeah. It, and it doesn't deliver. I didn't even think about that watching the rebuilds, but that's a that's a great observation. Absolutely, it, 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 it's absence looms.
2: Yeah, no, no, fly me to the moon, but you know, no version of it has fly me to mm-hmm. the moon anymore. Um, right. Uh, this one's from David. I want to thank Heather for so eloquently giving voice to nearly every single issue I had with the rebuilds. I would have done so myself, but I can no talk good.
1: (laughs) So, all right. Um, that was a written sentence, so could have proofread that. That's what he said. That's what he said. Ran that through the grammar checker. That's what he said. He's doing a joke.
2: Oh, okay. He's doing a, just mm. a little joke. Mm. Um, I like that. This one's from Matthew Clift. 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time. Am I watching Evangelion or a Kingdom Hearts game? I think that's fun.
1: That's a little, nice. little round of applause for that one. <laughs> yeah, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: just some more comments here. Uh, this first time, the first time I, this was from Drew Carrymore on our Patreon. <laughs> really funny. Uh, the first time I saw Eva was in 2004. I downloaded the first episode I could find from LimeWire. I had heard great things about it on AnimeForums.net and was pumped to watch it. The first thing that struck me was how graphically sexual the whole thing was. Like it almost seemed plotless compared to Bebop, Trigon, and other stuff mm-hmm. I was into. Turns out, I had accidentally downloaded a mislabeled hentai parody of Evangelion. Not Not only was this my first introduction to Eva, it was my first introduction to hardcore porn. Wow. (laughs) Both have been major influences in my life.
1: (laughs) This rocks. This is a great comment. Uh... Also, just what a timestamp. Yes. Of just like you're, you're looking at an anime forum. And you're going on LimeWire to like it's just like every part of that is just, oh yeah that's what the internet used to be you had to find your special you had to know where your specialty forum was where that message board was register for an account or lurk and then and then you were like oh has everyone heard of this thing Evangelion you know it's like it's just it's completely different than the this sort of every every community had their little cloistered little you know alcoves yeah and now it's all in, in just one big swamp. Yeah, I never, I
2: used LimeWire for music. I never downloaded video only because I think it was going to take so long and I didn't want to get in trouble. And also, I guess I didn't want to accidentally download pornography.
1: Uh, You guys don't have to share your first experience with pornography, but I will because (laughs) mine was, I was staying at a friend's house uh, overnight. I was eight years old. Uh, so definitely too young to be experiencing mm-hmm. it, and like his the parents were at a dinner party. They they had a dinner party like down the block. So they're like, we're gonna go to the dinner party. You guys hang out here. It was me and my friend, and then his older brother and his older brother's friend. And basically, as soon as his parents left, the three other kids were like, like go get the stuff. And I was like, and I didn't even know, like what like what like what was going on. And they went back and returned with some VHS tapes. Uh put one in the v- VCR. And this was just like the next few hours of my life was just for the first time just experiencing a video of of sex acts being performed. Oh my god. Uh, but they're putting these on and we're we're, we're just watching through these. And uh, it's his dad's porno stash, right? His dad's married to his mom. And as we're watching it, basically every other scene and then at a certain point most of the scenes are like guy on guy, like Whoa. gay porn. And every time, like, a gay porn scene comes on, uh, the 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 kids, the brother, the, the the guy's kids are like, oh, it's a bad one. Oh, fast forward <laughs> through the bad one. And then <laughs> reach a point where, like, oh, man, dad has all these bad ones. <laughs> Family, extremely evangelically uh, Christian. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah.
2: There you go. Yep. Uh, I hope everybody's okay. I'm look at me now. I'm doing great. Okay, I'm thriving.
1: No, was that, <laughs> that wasn't a formative experience yeah, for no, me. You
2: don't definitely make <laughs> more sense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, some of these comments and uh, they're long. They're just kind of long. So some of the longer ones are gonna be hard to get through. So if you left a long one, I'm sure it was well written and well thought, but. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a lot to read. It's a, a wall of text is hard to read on a podcast. Uh, this one's from Daniel A. Barron on our Patreon. Heather speaking about how these movies broke her reminds me of how I felt when Watchmen came out, and I vowed never to become that obsessed with a movie's development or promotion ever
1: again. Did you the Zack Snyder movie yes. Watchmen? Yeah, which I Cause like because I, cause I uh, yeah, I mean I, I, I'm on board with that. I mean, the, you know, whatever the comics are are untouchable classics. Yes, but. And I'm not someone who reads a lot of comics, mm-hmm. I, you know. But I just like Watchmen was one. who was like, "Oh, I'll read this whole thing." And uh, but I I I think the, the a lot of people had a positive response to the HBO series, which I thought that that maybe the uh, the 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 person who submitted that was was talking about. Mm. I didn't like the HBO series either. Like I just I fell uh. off of it. I thought it was kind of like clumsily done and and not as smart as it thought it was but you know i i don't know I'd, I'd i'd be curious if they if they how they felt about the hbo series or if they even bothered to check in
2: yeah i mean i i liked the series
1: um but some people loved it i there there one episode i didn't see and i someone told me like that's like the best hour of tv i've like seen in 10 years was oh. so like okay well
2: well it's been mm-hmm. it's been it's been uh usurped by a recent episode of The Last of Us, there's no way it's as good as that. Um, mm. But I, I, I only saw it the one way through, so that's one of these things too. Now, where like sometimes I'll watch something, and you yeah, everybody has this experience too, where like you'll watch something and you'll watch it again and be like, "Why did I like this?" So I don't know what I'll actually think about the Watchmen. I haven't seen the Watchmen movie in many years. Uh, I haven't seen. I've only seen the show one time through. Who knows if I even like it actually yeah. you know i remember liking yeah. it um but i don't know if it has the same impact as like an evangelion or something where it's like oh i like this more upon watching it again and again and again you know
1: um heather you like Watchmen?
0: i love the comics and i had to Watchmen. the movie was i think the first movie i reviewed as a journalist as like a wow film oh, critic cool. Uh, So I went to like a critic screening before it came out and watched it, um, and my feeling the whole time was like, maybe this can't be good, like Mm. it it was it was shot for shot. I mean the the comic was used as storyboards, like individual panels in the in the comic are just on screen with human beings standing yeah. in the same locations. And I was like, maybe this can't be good. Like I, I, I was like, if it's going to be a, a sort of criticism of that glossy superhero genre, then it has to look like Marvel movies. Like it can't, Mm-hmm. it can't not and I guess Marvel movies hadn't come out yet but there was enough of like a superhero vocabulary with Spider-Man that it's like they have to be shiny they have to be glossy they have to be like they have to look like this in order for the com- for the movie to read as a sort of critique of fascism and imperialism and stuff
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it was not good and then I I watched the director's cut and I was like okay well, this is longer. And then I, I think I even watched the insanely long cut that yeah. had the Cartoon Network or whatever, the animated pirate stories yeah. inserted back mm. into the movie.
2: I own that, yeah. Because I was that.
0: so hungry for it, it to be good. And it just wasn't good. Um, yeah. And I was, I was really bummed out. I don't even know what the question was. I got so sidetracked by Watchmen.
1: I think it was more the it was more of a comment of just yeah. how of just the idea of being disappointed in an adaptation you were hyped for, right? Yeah. Yes. And and did you have, who sub- submitted that again? I'm sorry, I, I dropped the name. It was Daniel. Daniel Daniel sent that in, and I think the. You know what that's making me think of is is a couple of books that I just, like, I read and I absolutely loved, and the adaptations have just never worked, and it may be the same thing. A, a Catch-22, mm-hmm. Joseph Heller book, and they've adapted a few times, and then Lolita, the Nabokov book, and it's just, both of the, every time they've adapted that, it's just been like, this is, this just sucks. Yeah. You can, just, I don't this, think this, you can you adapt can't do
0: Lolita, it. man. Like, you can't, there's no How way How could to... they ever make a movie about it, Lolita?
1: Sorry. That was the like, tagline for the movie. It was? It was, yeah. The well, Kubrick Lolita, the tagline was like, how could they ever make a movie about Lolita?
0: They, I mean, it, yeah, no, I don't, anyway.
1: That movie, that movie stinks. <laughs> that's a bad, it's, that's like Kubrick's worst, one of his worst movies. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I don't think you can, but, but Catch 22 at the same it's like such a funny book. And then those jokes just fall flat on, you know what? Hitchhiker's Guide, kind of, too. I think the BBC adapt- adaptation is pretty good, but like the, a lot of them are just sort of, man, these, this this is this thing that's so funny on the page seems so sweaty when they they make it into cinema. I don't know. It's tough. It
2: is yep. it, it's got I mean I was a fan of yeah, the Watchmen comic before the movie came out. Probably like read it to get excited for the movie. I was like, "Wow, this is going to be really good." And my friend waiting in line all day. So, we can get good seats. He like skipped school. What, I went to school. What an
1: era that was, too. Yes. Cause we're talking about LimeWire, the era where you, you had to like wait for a movie seat.
2: Yeah. And to like buy a ticket. And then he like bought yeah. tickets. And we all went at midnight when it came out. And that movie's fucking three hours long. Yes. We get out of the theater at like four or whatever, because like the trailers and all that. And my friend was like, I hated that, and I was like, "You waited all day. You couldn't like pretend that you like enjoyed yourself a little bit." I just got here. I had a, I, I liked it, but you know, I think I'm a little softer on
1: most movies. I think, which is not not I, great, but you know, it's it's how I have fun. Hey, that's good. that's a great way to live. Yeah. Heather's insight there, though, on Watchmen specifically, is really trenchant. I'm just, it's a comment on comics, and so it works yes. best as a comic. I think that's 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 absolutely. I agree. point.
2: um this one's from this next comment and a question is from space case on patreon personally i love the reimagined battle with ramiel aka screaming shape i think the cgi is well placed here and does a great job demonstrating the fluid and geometric nature of this harbinger of death the build-up to each release of power and the subsequent scream it lets out gives me goosebumps each time i watch it doesn't hurt showing Ramiel eviscerate nearly an entire mountain with one of its blasts, demonstrating the raw power that the Evas are up against. What's your favorite sequence from the Rebuilds? Thanks, Space Case.
0: Um my answer is in the first one and it is the expanded um it's not expanded from the series but it is a it's the montage of Shinji walking around with uh after uh the second angel that he fights yeah uh i really like the um new version of the music uh that usually the hedgehogs dilemma music i think is what the track is mm-hmm. um it's an acoustic guitar s- version of the uh, of the theme and he walks all the way up to the edge of the map and arrives at a broken street And then says to the people that he knows are following him, okay, take me home. And all the spotlights come on behind him. And you see all the nerve guys in their walkie-talkies. And it's like, this fucking kid doesn't even have solitude. Like, he doesn't even get to experience grief. Uh, He only gets shuttled around. And it reminded me of the people who I've known who have become famous. And they're they they universally are like this is it's a nightmare, like to go places and to never be unwatched. Mm-hmm. and Shinji is experiencing fame, but on like a um also on like a like he's treated like a an object that cannot be misplaced, and I love that sequence, and I loved it in the movies
1: when I was in college there was a there was an Olympian who was, like, was an Olympic sport that you would do as, like, a teenager and then was, like, going – went to college and was on, like, not in, my, not in my dorm and on but in a different dorm on a different dorm floor. And I just remember people would be, like, do you want to go, like, just, like, walk by and, like, look at it? Like, people would just, like – like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, be treated like an object. It's like there's this celebrity you can just go see in person. And just, yeah, that idea of, like, never having any sort of private space – Uh, I'm sure if you have early fame, that ultimately dissipates, but it's it's a weird thing. And and imagine at that age, a developmental age. I mean, it's like fucking being a a child of a president. How can you you hope to have any sort of uh or, or being in the royal family, isn't it? Oh. I mean, that's that's what spare is all about. How can you how can you possibly hope to have a normal life if you grow up in the spotlight? But yeah, it's it's fucking I I think that's that's a that's a great sequence. That is really good. And my answer is also not an action sequence. Uh I think I talked about it when we did our our 3.0 plus 1.0 uh thrice upon a time episode, but I what I what I love about Evangelion is any attempt at people to just sort of like retain normalcy in this apocalyptic hellscape and through the series that's really well representative just like oh yeah i'm just going to this, i got to go to the convenience store i got to go fucking do laundry i got to make a meal i've got to go to school and in the fourth rebuild movie when they're at village 3 uh which is just like look this is kind of like a, a, a this is a parochial township and this is a You know, this is our attempt at at rebuilding civilization uh, in a small section of the world that's untouched by, you know, the angels and the fucking whatever the the uh, near third impact Evangelion. uh, uh, I forget what the name those things are. What the fuck are they? Whatever will is hunting. Anyway, Mm -hmm. they're 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 like, uh, you know, they're just this is like the section of the world that's kind of normal. And it's just like, you know. Ray just going to the baths and, like, like fishing. And I don't necessarily love her characterization there, but I do love just seeing people, like, live in that world. It, it just, it feels very RPG to me, and I I think it's just fun world building. Um, And I also feel like it's the bit of rest that makes the action sequences uh, have more impact when you get back to them. Yeah. I really
2: like that section, too.
1: Um, no. I guess,
2: for me, I like all the scenes Mari is in. Um... Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, those are my favorite. No. Um, this is going to be shocking. But I just think, I, maybe it's not shocking. It's just such a dazzling part of a bad movie, probably. Uh, in a movie that I thought was fine, but, you know, it was maybe considered bad. In, in the third one, when they're in the fucking air, and all the shit's in the air, like in the beginning of the movie, that stuff's cool. It is cool. It looks cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's, it's dazzling. It's, it's so different than everything we've seen so far. Um, you know, a lot of stuff takes place on the ground. Uh, seeing this in the air, ah, I, I love that. It was just so crazy. Such a swing. Such a weird, unexplained thing um, that they're just fighting in the air now. Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that quite a bit. No shortage of strong choices in no. the rebuilds. No. Which, you know, is to their credit uh let's do
2: a couple more i'll do uh let's do this voicemail real quick
1: hello Premier anime podcast get animated featuring the hosts of get played matt apodaca nick wager and heather Ann campbell thanks for inviting listeners to this mailbag to further discuss (laughs) evangelion (laughs) evangelion's influence can be seen in nearly every anime since, not just in shared tropes but in shot references character archetypes themes even how a tv anime is constructed or deconstructed it's pretty cool for matt to finish Ava and then immediately recognize an unfamiliar ceiling scene in Chainsaw Man. That's a legacy. Evangelion is the new gospel because it changes anyone's perception about what the medium of anime can be, even after they see it. If the Church of Anime had a Martin Luther, it would be Anno with a Cruel Angels thesis. Because of Evangelion, anime can be just as depressing as any art house film. It can take 15 years to complete. It can be depressing for 26 episodes and then tell you that in reality, you can change the world internally at any point. Anywhere can be heaven if you choose to live. Congratulations.
2: <laughs> they didn't say <laughs> their name, but I thought that was a great voicemail. And made me, made me think about something too, because uh, what this caller, what this listener said about um, like recognizing Eva as a trope in things, uh, in, in, in other anime as well. Um, I was at a wedding a couple of months ago, Congratulations. Thank you very much. It wasn't mine. (laughs) Uh, But we did say congratulations a bit, uh, quite a bit there. Um, And the song Fly Me to the Moon was played a couple of times. And I don't recognize that song as anything but an Evangelion song anymore. Every single time I hear it since watching Evangelion, I think Evangelion. I, I don't think about frank sinatra i don't think about uh like that it's like a love song that it makes sense to be hearing it at this wedding i think about evas and i think about shinji and i think about masato and uh ritsuko and asuka and everybody i just think about all of them and that to me is just like the that's i don't know that's the power of being specific i guess too right like uh, that song played at the end of every single episode. And th- there's a reason for it. He had a reason for it. And uh, mm. it's now just stuck in my brain like that <laughs> forever, probably. I'll never forget that it's an Evangelion thing. It's just there now.
1: That association is hard to break. Yeah. I agree. I, I will say that the, the listener's comment... That I think Hideaki Yano would uh, would appreciate, given how much he loves Bible references, is comparing him personally to Martin Luther. Yes. I think that's great. I I, I think this is, yeah, it's it's a great comment. it, It absolutely seems to inform everything that comes afterwards. And, you know, it's like, even when look, we talked about it with Licorice Recoil. You know, there there's a moment where uh uh Mizuki, right? Mizuki's the drunk, Mizuki mm-hmm. has a has a drinks a beer and drinks it in the exact same way as Misato. It's just like there are just so many winky references and nods. It's just kind of like such an integral part of anime culture that I'm glad that this this podcast finally compelled me to watch it in its entirety. Yeah.
0: I my brain has been ruined. By Evangelion. Yeah, there is not a second of the day where I don't everything is a reference. <laughs> I, I human speech. I'm like, oh, this is like when ev- the people in Evangelion were talking. Like, it doesn't even have to be what they're talking about. I'm like, the sound of human voices is an Evangelian reference. I'm, I'm. don't watch anything as much as i've watched eva if it's bad for you don't do it
1: (laughs) there is something though because you know i watched i've watched every episode twice or three times but i did it all as part of the same like watch through like i you know i'd I'd watched i'd watch everything and then i would rewatch it when we got to the episode when we're about to record it so but but even even my very limited viewing as compared to Heather's like lifetime of viewing. Like it sticks in your brain, and I think because it's so dense and packed with information that you just can't. How ha- and like a lot of the stuff like Matt, when you're talking about it being very specific. Like it's like it's got so many things. just like that's just fucking weird, or I haven't seen that elsewhere before. So it kind of hooks in there, and it kind of it creates space in your brain for it. And I just I feel like I remember it. I had the same experience. Shout out to, to to the Great Blank Check podcast, but they're going through the films of Danny Boyle right now. And I put on Train Spotting, which is a film I really like, but I hadn't watched it in its entirety in probably fucking twenty years. And I put it on, and I was like, Jesus Christ! I remember every single scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like it's just like the way it's paced, and it's so dense with information, and it's just it, it's so well executed that it's just like it just kind of part creates, you know, it 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 kind of makes an imprint on your mind. Um, and uh, a handprint on your heart, and you and it's just there. And I feel that same way about Evangelion. Even, even just, just watching it through this past year, it's just like I, like I just, I, it, it I, I about put it on. I was watching the rebuilds, I was like, oh yeah, I remember all this shit. There's nothing that that's exited my brain. I don't know.
0: Ruined.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's why there's so many references that you can generate from it is because there are so many great choices. Yes. That it's not, it's just, I don't know, just every single thing that, that it feels like every single thing that happens has consequence.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I mean, I'll always recognize an unfamiliar ceiling now. Anytime it's uh, that specific uh, sequence of shots, yeah. It's a no brainer to me. It's just there, it's part of my brain now.
1: Uh, I can't wait to be lying in a hospital room on my deathbed thinking I don't remember the ceiling. <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, if, uh, you know, it doesn't cost a million dollars to go to a hospital. And uh, when mm. we get to that point, uh, don't even get me freaking started. Oh, boy. Where's my soapbox? No, just kidding. Um, finally, <laughs> your la- our last one here from uh, Zachary Folkman on our Patreon. Do you think you'll cover the show again in the future now that Nick and Matt are up to speed? Watching it for the first time and re-watching it are very different in my experience. And, uh, and I wonder if it would be different knowing you don't have to worry about spoiling anything. Sort of a housekeeping question, I guess, but...
0: Mm. I think there's so much anime yeah. that I, I think we would probably watch new anime over re-watching a series that, that we have already heavily critically analyzed, I think. Yeah. Uh the rebuilds were a little bit of dabbling in the same uh the same artistic pool one more time. Mm-hmm. Um so being how much there is there be there's so many things that I've seen that I would love Nick and Matt to watch. And then there's a ton of stuff that I've haven't seen that I would like to experience for the first time with them. And so my instinct here is no. Which is a disappointment to this one person, but hopefully the rest of the listeners are like, good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean there's that there's a, I haven't watched as much anime over the course of my life as either, but there's stuff I've seen that we that we, I would be fun to cover if we, you know, go back in time again. I I and and certainly new stuff is always coming out. It's just an abundance of content. But I could see there being like, hey, there's some new piece of evangelion media or merch that is announced that's consequential that leads to a, a, a further discussion of the franchise. I could see that yeah. happening in the future. I just I just think probably a full revisit talking about like a, you know, 12 plus episode commitment which, you know, if you break it down that's 3 plus months of the podcast uh, to to revisit the series. Probably not in the cards at least not anytime soon, but who knows. How long are we going to be doing this thing? At what point are we going to be running on fumes? Maybe we'll go back to that. Well, hey, maybe we'll do the rebuilds of the Evangelion (laughs) podcast. Yeah, could happen. Uh, I do. Yeah, I agree with you guys
2: that it probably makes more sense to do something else. But I'm confident that in my spare time, that I will revisit Evangelion, perhaps on my own, and see what I, um, see what I notice. This time, and I re- report it back to you guys. Either way, um, but maybe I'll even do it again this year. Who knows?
1: Um, I've been thinking. You know, that's yeah. a good. That's a good point. Eh? It's it's uh, we could always hear. You might hear about Evangelion from one or more of us in a future. What we've been reading. yeah, just because we happen to be experiencing it. Yeah, I've
0: been thinking about watching the VHSs again of Eva because the translation is different, and I remember that it's different. I remember mm. phrases from the VHS copies and so i want to i want to see it was even different from the vhs to the dvd there are there's language and interpretation and poetry in the vhs versions that have been lost and i'm thinking about watching the whole series again on vhs when i do my yearly rewatch
1: I just it, it it continues to astonish me how absolutely everything that annoyed me when I was younger I have nostalgia for now including VHS. VHS fucking sucked in so many ways. It's bad picture quality, cropped imagery, rewinding, tapes regr- de- degrading over time. But you know what? There's something about VHS. Looks kind of cool. It's VHS soft. on a CRT. Yeah the The
2: sound of a tape going in,
1: very satisfying.
2: Ugh. Love it. I, I think that yeah, that's gonna be it today for the for the Evangelion mailbag, the Evangelion question block.
1: Thank you to everyone who sent in their questions and comments. Maybe we'll do this again with something else someday. If we something else consequential. Hope you like this episode. If not, hey, don't say comment anything on the comments. Don't say shit. <laughs> If you don't like anything we do ever, keep it to yourself. So next week on Get Animated, we will be doing a one-off on Junji Ito Maniac, which is currently streaming on Netflix. Uh, It's an anthology series. We're going to be dancing around, kind of touching on all the episodes. Some of them we'll go into further depth on. Some of them we'll kind of just sort of gloss over. But if you want to watch along with us, check out some or... All of Junji Ito maniac. One thing I can say is we definitely talk about the first couple of episodes, and then we we spend some time talking about Tomie a little bit, and I think Tomb Town. So if you're going to pick out a few to just watch, uh, I think I would maybe give emphasis to those. But you know, watch. Also, you could just listen to us talk about it. It's it's fine. And then after that, we will be getting into our mini series about Blue Lock, and that will be. Ongoing for the next little bit. That will be our next big series. That one is on Crunchyroll. So, uh, again, that's an order of business. We got Junji Ito Maniac and then Blue Lock, horror, a little horror, and then a little bit of soccer. A lot of fun.
0: And hey, guys, you got animated.
1: Wow. Love it. Congratulations. Love getting animated.